Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Loga the Barbarian. I'm joined by my co-host, Light, the light-fingered thief. Yes, I'm here to steal all your treasure and gold. I'm also for hire. <laughs> oh, so if I hire you to help me get into this, this tower here that I see before me, how much would it cost me? There's some loot in there I want. There's some loot. Okay, well, you know, I'll take 25% of the loot. And maybe some of your experience as well, too. Okay, let's, let's, let's try this. Have you ever read the, the, the Conan where they go up the tower? Yeah. <laughs> and there's an elephant man up there. I call yeah. him the elephant man, not John Merrick. His name was John Merrick, the elephant man, wasn't it? But the, some sort of creature with an creature. elephant head. Yes. And he turned out to be a diamond. It was kind of jewel that they were looking for. If you're trying to tell me that there's some scary monsters with an elephant head and sorcerers involved, I might have to increase my cut to 15 or 20% now. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> we're, we're over now. This is the elephant monster. <laughs> so we're going to talk about hirelings in Dungeons & Dragons. And yes. I've noticed playing a lot of newer games that, that there's not really hirelings in them. Rifts doesn't have a huge thing for hirelings being in it. Palladium, some of the Palladium games don't. If you're playing a superhero game, you don't. I'd say even things like, like Pathfinder and modern Dungeons and Dragons do have the rule set there, but I've, I've seen a lot of modern games where they're kind of focused on a slightly different aspect of the game. I think that hirelings brings in elements to the game that are unique to its own. I'd say. Yeah, I think Hirelands can make the game really interesting and fill in any gaps on the skill sets, which we may have talked about in the earlier podcast or in our blog as well, too, where if you have some gaps in the core four classes, you can use Hirelands to help out. Yeah, the four core classes being the thief, the magic user, the cleric, and the fighter. Now, there is some debate on if the thief should even be in there because all the classes should be, there should be a three core, the all the classes are kind of thieves when you play dungeon delving, but that's another right. discussion for another time. What I've found, like we've had games where there's no cleric and nobody's got a way to heal. So how do yeah. we do the healing? What are you going to do? But a lot of the hirelings aren't like player character classes. No, they don't have to be. They can be very specific. Like you said, you're going to carry a spear or you're just going to be a torchbearer. Yeah, torchbearer or a farrier and, you know, take care of the horses and the horseshoeing and stuff. So they can be very specific tasks versus like you said a class level two fighter or something like that one of the things that i like about introducing hirelings to the game and i know that i really enjoyed this with you using it in astonishing swordsman and sources hyperborea is that it gives us some great opportunities for non-player characters npcs and you can create memorable NPCs that we need to help us in different areas. We realize we're lacking here and there. Let's go get to the torchbearer and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that makes hirelings more useful is when you kind of stick to like an earlier, like AD and D is if you stick to the rules and you start looking at your encumbrance well and saying, Oh, we can't carry this. We need to hire someone to help us carry this. Yep. And you get into things like strongholds, you need people to watch over it. And like I've talked about before, that's a slightly different, approach to the game but it doesn't have to be as complex all the time so there's no, different approaches there's different approaches so depending on how you're handling like you said some of the asset or resource management with the game you might need hirelings so you know if we're crossing a desert and be like okay we need to go get some camels to cross a desert well how many of you know how to ride a camel well you might need a guide you might need a camel 
um, trainer. You know, trainer. I'm a camel thing. trainer. I'm a camel trainer to help you ride your camel across this diamond desert, and hopefully, you also, you know. So if, I think it, it adds an element to the game. <laughs> if we're playing in a newer version of the game, we have camel trainer char- character class. <laughs> right, I think it'd be a standalone character class. I train but, uh, llamas and camels. <laughs> <laughs> so it makes an interesting element, like you said, for interactions with the NPCs and where they can actually help you in game. Because I think currently in Hyperboard, you guys just ran into like this, uh, you know, alcoholic druid, <laughs> <laughs> which I actually you missed that session last week. But again, oh yeah, we had car stuff to take care of. I missed game last week. It was horrible. I had to take care of car stuff. <laughs> but you know, in the previous sessions, you know, we've had. Um, you know, Esterani the thief that could help you. Yeah, I you know, liked her. <laughs> Steve, Steve the barbarian, gladiator. <laughs> so I looked at some of the old, some of the rule sets. Go into the Swords and Wizardry book is the most minimal I think I've found yet when it comes to hirelings. It's got literally a one page rule set for hirelings. Pretty easy to work with, a lot you can build on. It covers most of your basics. Most of the hirelings that it gives you available and costs are pretty wide, so you can create all kinds of different characters to fit into those classifications. OSE gives a good example because how their layout helps a lot. It gets us a little bit, a step above complexity from the swords and wizardry, but not to where it's really takes a lot of looking at. But I'll be honest, the original Dungeon Master's Guide by Gary Gygax is a pretty in-depth look at hirelings and the different things from oracles and sages and stuff. There's, there's a lot of good stuff in there to read. If you're perhaps running an older edition, especially you're into some OSR games, I would suggest looking at the original Dungeon Master's Guide when it goes into hirelings and perhaps reading some of it. One of the good things about it when you're using some of those older sets when you're going up levels by gold, and things like that is it gives you the the necessary social interactions to create NPCs and start to creating the stories and things like that. And it adds to the role play, the role R-O-L-E play instead of the role R-O-L-L rolling dice play. And Hirelings is a good rule set to add to that where your encounters and your drives and ambitions aren't necessarily just fighting a monster or exploring a dungeon. It adds some, some new elements to the game itself that you can have fun with. Yeah. It's really, you know, like you said, it adds more depth to the game, some more interactions. Cause you know, depending on what your hireling is, you know, one of the um, NPCs that I ran into, he might be very cowardly, but he's a cleric. So they can help heal you quite, quite nicely. Clive so, the Cowardly Cleric. Yes, Clive the Cowardly <laughs> Cleric. We should make that NPC. We'll make Clive uh, the Cowardly Cleric in the next game. Yeah. But, you know, there are a lot of different types of hirelings. You know, you can have specialists. You can have henchmen. You can have mercenaries. So within, like, Hyperborea, they even have rules on whether the hireling, how do they react to your offer? You know, are they going to reject your offer? Are they going to take your offer? Are they going to take your offer and backstab you later on? You know, so there's all kinds of rule sets for that. And it runs quite interesting. Anything from, you know, do you need somebody to carry your stuff like a porter? Or do you need an actual, you know, crossbowman for ranged attacks? Or do you need to hire like an armorer or blacksmith to repair your armor? 
or maybe an alchemist to brew up a potion for you or to enchant one of your weapons. And once you get to doing strong, well, we're going to talk about strongholds in the future, but once you get to a point where you're doing strongholds, you have a castle or something, you're going to probably be needing a lot more hirelings. And that's where the game can get. I think there's a lot of potential there to get really interesting with the game, uh, but we're not going to get too crazy there. No, no, so, that's a different topic. <laughs> yeah, because you're going to have to start having blacksmiths take care of knights and guards, you know, you know, all kinds of stuff. I think that I would suggest, uh, no, I like the Osric books as well because they condense and simplify what's in the Dungeon Master's Guide. I think that if you have the original Dungeon Master's Guide, the old, what year did it come out? 78, 78, 77, yeah, 77 70, something like that. Yeah. If you have that, there's definitely worth reading those, those pages on hirelings. They're the 140s, I want to say they are. There's also stuff there on followers, which followers are not high are not hench are not hirelings not hirelings are similar but i think that we'll we'll have to do a followers episode sometime and one of the things is that's a difference that i'm curious about is this is very capitalist based concept here the way this is structured you're paying <laughs> people and you have employees right. and underlings hirelings uh, hirelings versus follow followers might might be able to be an area we could explore something different than that and questioning if we're going to run some sort of like i know i'm always like some sort of anti-capitalist game well yeah starting to look at the hirelings i'd be like oh, let's think for a minute how do you approach that like hey look let's work together cooperatively to account for this we'll split the money each way right. we'll, you know? <laughs> but those are things that can be looked at too if you your player care leave those to your player characters if that's the kind of game they want to run and play then they'll be the ones who bring that kind of stuff up i know i've had that happening game with my gaming group with certain things like creating the people's castle instead well of we had the people's castle and yeah. it was for everybody everybody was chipping in to yeah. enable the people's castle right so so there's different ways that the players could take it if they approach the npcs in a different way you can approach the npcs as the boss i'm wanting to hire them or right npcs could be approached as equals game masters can go and respond there it could be interesting and add new takes to the concept of the hireling <laughs> yeah so i think it's something that we can definitely talk a lot more about uh based on character level because i know for some of the osr games you start getting followers around like level six to eight i think something like that which yeah. is considered high level in the osr universe that's low level for 5e but you know when you reach a certain level you start attracting people that want to follow you because you're such a you know skilled badass essentially so um you know followers and you know hirelings will be a little bit different followers too a lot like when you read in the original dungeon master guide followers kind of are around the religious and cleric concept yep. as a large part of it but also like you know the great hero fighter who saves the day can easily have followers because sure. they're like she saves the day and she fights against <laughs> the evil tyranny. We're going to follow her all the way, all the last of our days. And we're going to join in her fight. We believe in what she has. But some of those things like the religion and the being the hero depends on the character and what that person has made of that character in my mind. So why would they want to follow? Or is that, is that player character really delving into the religious aspect of the cleric? Yeah, so it seems that you're, like you said, depending on how your character's how your players play that character, you know, for high level thieves, are they going to start a thieves guild in the city? But it could be you just have a high level thief that likes going to dungeons and towers, <laughs> or you might have a high level monk that's going to start up his own monastery, or maybe you have a wandering monk and that's your type of, you know, character that you want to play. So, you know, I think it's interesting. We should definitely talk more about strongholds and, and yeah. fixed 
you know, locations later on. <laughs> well, we our discussion was we're going to talk about strongholds or followers this week. So we're definitely going to be getting into strongholds here soon. We'll probably go a lot more into hirelings and followers as well in a few of the episodes coming up. Because as I'm looking through the Dungeon Master Guide, there's a lot more to get into, a lot more specifics and interesting elements to it. But that's about all the time we have for today. We might break down those to more nuances. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can follow us on Facebook. Just look up Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our website. And keep those dice rolling. You always roll high on your treasure tables.